up, y'all? It's your man Ernest. So you love Ernest, same guy, different name. Back again with another episode of the Ernest Thoughts podcast. That lightning strike. Now y'all probably can't hear it. I had my window open because um, you know the rain sounds is nice. Although I hate being outdoors when it rains. Um, maybe y'all heard that thundering, but uh, yeah. Recording this the day before the 4th of July, I was thinking maybe I should record it on the 4th just, just to do so, as my way of saying, fuck America, but <laughs> anyways, let's get into the episode at hand, um, I want to talk about E3, I want to take talk about E3 real quick, but one event that went down at E3, uh, and yes, this is video game talk, I know that I don't necessarily well I haven't because I've talked I believe I've talked video games on this podcast before but it's been quite some time since I talked anything video game related um because there was a point where I was like maybe I should start my own video gaming podcast but I already got enough other podcasts you know I got a podcast talking about music I got a podcast talking about movies and tv shows I can talk about video games on here, you know, um, especially when, um, I think they will be great filler topics for when there is a, I guess a slow news or, or not slow news, but just things that I feel as though is not a lot of things that is worth talking about basically. And I know E3 was weeks ago, but I already had topics and episodes planned out since then. I was going to talk about everything that you're you're hearing now in this episode. I was going to talk about last week, but as you may have heard, last week I talked with Michaela Cox once again. She reached out about her new book. Go listen to last week's episode. You'll get all that and check the description box below if you're a fan of her you know, books that she's promoted on here before. Go check out her new book. Now I see. Um, so I didn't get to talk about what I wanted to talk about, but we doing so over. Uh, last week I didn't get to talk about that, uh, but we're doing so this week. So E three. We're not talking about all of it. We're just talking about Take Two Interactive. Um, and they're showing it at E3. So for those who don't know what E3 is, E3 is basically, how can I put this? If you're a wrestling fan, WrestleMania, if you're a WWE wrestling fan, let me put it that way, or maybe just wrestling fan in general. But WrestleMania is the biggest wrestling event for the year, right? Or at least that's what it was when I was growing up. I don't know what it is now. I haven't watched wrestling in decades. But when I was growing up, WrestleMania was the biggest wrestling event of any year, every year, right? E3 is arguably that for video games, right? Now, you maybe you can come up with your own. If you are familiar with E3, um, you could come up with your own um, equivalencies for what E3 is to whatever. Um, but... As stated before, um, it is pretty much the biggest video game expo 
um, of the year. Okay, any year. It's the WrestleMania of video games. So, when you go there, just like with WrestleMania, not only does WWE, the the company itself, uh, they like to show out and put their best foot forward, but everybody who is performing that night tends to put their best foot forward because, again, this is the biggest event of the year for that respected business in the video game field the companies who go to e3 who decide that they want to be present whatever they want to present at e3 whether it be tech companies or video game companies because it's not just video games it is tech companies that is involved in it but video games and techs is close you know they're they're in close proximity right so, um, and, I, and again, I, the, the event is over now. It ended, it started the 12th of June and ended uh, June 15th. So, three-day three day event. I watched all three days, but I didn't watch them all in full. So, but I did get to catch the Take-Two Interactives uh, part in E3 this year. So, as I mentioned before, people, these video game um, companies, and for those who don't know who or what Take-Two Interactive is, they're a parent company to Rockstar Games and 2K Games. 2K Games, famously for the NBA 2K, uh, franchise, right? Um, and the Rockstar games are famously known for the Grand Theft Auto series. They're not, they don't just publish Grand Theft Auto. They publish the Red Dead, Bully, some other titles as well that people are asking for, but we don't think they'll ever make any new ones again. Um, or at least new games within those franchises ever again. But yeah, Take-Two Interactive is the parent company of those two video game uh, franchises. They're not independently owned. They're they're owned by Take-Two Interactive, right? So Take-Two Interactive being the parent of two very profitable and very uh, polarizing as well, but very profitable, very popular video game franchises such as NBA 2K and Grand Theft Auto. They decided to go to, they decided to pay. Let's make it clear, because you have to pay to present at E3. You can't just say, you know, the, 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 uh, who are they? Entertainment Software Association. That's the organization that organizes the E3 events, right? Um... They don't just put out the petition and be like, okay, video game developers, parent companies, tech folks, if you want to present here, sign up and we'll get you in. No, you have to pay. You, you sign up, yeah, but then you have to pay. And then obviously all the other stuff happens behind the scenes prior to um, E3 uh, taking place. So Take-Two Interactive, <laughs> and this is... 
what I've seen people describe what they did at E3 as a glorified Zoom meeting or a glorified conference call. Because that's exactly what it was. You know, I laugh at the critiques, but that's exactly what it was. It was people from Take-Two Interactive, employees essentially talking to each other on this conference call about diversity and inclusion and acceptance and all these beautiful things that I tend to talk about here on the Earnest Thoughts Podcast. Take-Two Interactive essentially recorded the Earnest Thoughts podcast at E3 without the host's consent nor inclusion, speaking of inclusion, but nor my inclusion in this event as well. <laughs> I wasn't included in this discussion at E3. But that beat awkward. That beat me it's awkward. It's awkward placing even if I was there to talk about to record an episode of the Earnest Thoughts podcast at E3 and not talk about video games as well. But talk about the regular topics I talk about on here. You know, racism. um, Anti this, anti that. Acceptance. Social justice. Having a platform and using said platform to speak about the causes that you care about. All things that are great and beautiful, but what the fuck do they have to do with at a video game conference? Now, in the defense, the small defense that I will have, and the only defense I could come up with, to be honest with you, but the small defense that I have with Take-Two Interactive for them doing this is this E3 like the last one and I want to say the last few ones focused uh they made sure that they talked about subjects such as social justice um depression mental health in general social issues but then they also was like okay now that that's out the way let's talk about video games now whether you think that's fake phony pandering this that and the third Trust me, I get those same feelings all the time. I get those same feelings too. It really depends on the individuals. Now, oddly, I think Tick 2 Interactive, I didn't think they were pandering at all. I thought this was bad timing. And I know this this is going to all sound weird coming from me. Someone who, again, talks about everything that they talked about here and... You can look this information up on on YouTube. You can find that video on YouTube. I will not play clips here and there about what was said. In fact, I mean, maybe so. I I do have the YouTube tab open. But let me try to type with one hand and hold this microphone in the other hand. Um, Take two at E3 2021. I bet you this video is going to have super... So, as I suspect, this their talk was over an hour. It was an hour and... 37 minutes. I did watch... I didn't watch all of it. I think I watched like an hour and 20-something. I remember 
some I, I remember not watching the entire thing but I did not know I was only 10 minutes pretty much 10 minutes shy from the talk being over right I just stopped talk, watching at some point because I was like okay let me I had other things to do um, it's not that I didn't like uh, again to make it clear uh, my issue with what they did one it's not really a big issue but my issue with what they did is not even it's not the same as everybody else's issue everybody else's issue is keep racism out our video games when I play video games I don't want to think about real life all that bullshit but when it's white guys 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 and white guys in war video games Oh, it's, uh, you don't say, keep politics at night, video game, and get that video game. But as soon as take two, <laughs> I'm laughing at all these, like, thumbnails and people. I haven't clicked on a video, but I'm just laughing at, like, thumbnails people have. Because this was, I'm telling y'all, this was, this was awkward, to say the least. So awkward, I'm not going to play a video. Um, but this was awkward to say the least, y'all. This was just bad timing, bad execution. They paid for this, which Take-Two is a very rich company because of motherfuckers who constantly buy the in-game currency for both 2K and GTA. So as far as money, one could say they wasted money, but others can say, well, they're going to make that money back if they probably already did make that money back from people playing GTA and buying shark cards, which is, you know, crazy within itself, or bl- buying VC on 2K, you know? A lot of these things I'm saying, and probably some of y'all listening right now are turned off or you turned away because, again... These aren't necessarily things that you're interested in in listening to or you are knowledgeable in because you don't play video games. That's perfectly fine. But this is the Earnest Thoughts podcast where I talk about what the hell I want to talk about. And I want to talk about this right now. All right, we'll get into the other stuff, um, you know, next and everything. And yeah, I got, I guess, a inspirational message at the end. Feel free to fast forward. That's why there's always timestamps in the description box below. So, whatever topics don't interest you, go listen to the ones that you think would be of interest. Now, if you do listen from head to toe, beginning to end, you know I love you for that. Appreciate it. But, as as I was saying, my issue with what 2K did was this could have been done at their own event um or this could have been done any day of the week it wasn't what they said it's their execution is is my problem i know this sounds like the people who say defund the police is a toxic word or this that and a third um I, I get it. I get how I'm going to sound somewhat hypocritical or maybe very hypocritical to some folks because it's like, this is all you t- all what they said. For those who do know, it's like what they talked about. Once again, like I, I, I said to y'all, they basically just 
recorded an episode. This was an hour-long episode about race, inclusion, acceptance, and all this other, uh, you know, mental health as well. Uh, but just a lot of things in general, social issues that I talk about. They pretty much, uh, like I said, recorded an episode of the Earnest Thoughts podcast at E3 without the host, without the main guy, me. That's exactly what they did at E3. Now, I'm saying that as a joke, people. I'm not saying I'm the only person who talks about these things. I'm not saying that I'm the only podcaster who does, though, that talk about these things. But I'm just saying their presentation was pretty much the same length around my episodes. You know, hour 20, hour 30 minutes. And they talk about the same thing I did. And they did so with the same type of, I don't give a fuck who got a problem with what I'm saying or what I'm talking about right now. I'm still going to say it. Hence why I watched it for as long as I did. Not just because I was interested, me personally interested in hearing what they said or what they were talking about, but they seemed very unfazed by the negative comments because boy were they getting them they were getting them from the races they was getting them from the soft r races they was getting them from people who simply just wanted video game talk understandably this is a video game event um they were getting them from ign ign is a video game uh publication that publish uh publishes news about video games they sent out a comment like, boy, I can't wait to hear what game to have. Saying it facetiously, of course, and sarcastically, uh, meaning, hey, um, take two interactive. We're, we want to give y'all some good press. We want to give y'all some good news. But you're not feeding us anything to talk about. We talk about video games over here, not social issues. No disrespect for publications like the Ernest Thoughts podcast. I talk about these issues. But... We talk about video games over here. You're giving us not what we are in business to talk about. So they was getting comments. And like I said, I had no problem with it. I was leaving some positive comments, some positive vibes their way. I saw a very few other people do so, but the bulk of the comments were negative not surprised there at all um i was glad i was able to turn off the comments um i love when by the way anybody who's doing a live stream about stuff and you're gonna have comments show up or pop up anywhere either on the screen or on the whether the either the left or right side or whatever have it able to, for us to turn off the comments because i really don't want to read what morons got to say i hate commenters anyway Anyways, let's get back to the topic at hand. Um, despite my hate for commenters, <laughs> um, 2K, well, take two. 2K, y- y'all been fucking up. But take two. This, if anybody from take two is listening to this right now, if anybody, I just want to reiterate that I had zero problems with what you did. It's just where you did it and the execution. Other than the Zoom call looking awkward. Like, what was with the white spaces in the background? Why was y'all looking like y'all was talking in, 
you know, the Matrix, like in some realm in the Matrix, like the white, the all white glaring background a lot of y'all had. Um, that was awkward. But the things y'all were saying, y'all were speaking truth. Um, that one brother, the one brother that was there. Um, well, there was two brothers there. I believe this one brother, and I might be messed up for assuming this, but I believe he's gay, right? But he was going off. He was speaking facts, though. He was going off, but speaking spat, Speaking facts. Speaking facts, though. So I ain't gonna hate, and everybody else was speaking facts as well. I enjoyed the commentary. I enjoyed the extra care that you all had. And it seemed like a pretty diverse panel as well, uh, for the most part. Let me put it that way. I enjoyed all of that. Oddly, it made me look like it made me look at Take Two, although they're two video game franchises, um, 2K and, and GTA. Now I love GTA still, but do I play it often now? No, because I'm waiting for GTA Six. But 2K has pissed me off to the point where I don't even play that anymore but it made me look at take two interactive and say huh like y'all are y'all are more than just some greedy ass company it seems as though and again my BS meter is top notch and y'all know this if you're a fan of this podcast or you just know me in general you know this already but it made me look at them and say you know what I I really fuck with them like they were they had some I can't speak for everybody at two, at Take Two, but the people they had on that conference call, you know, um, they seem like some very uh, genuine individuals who cared about the various issues that they talked about for the entire hour and thirty-seven minutes that that panel was. And again, I only watched about an hour twenty, but seventeen minutes short. I what did I miss? What let's be real. What what did I miss <laughs> within the 17 minutes because they kept talking about the same thing over and over again and it's bounded on certain things and viewpoints and stuff. Nah, they did not take questions. They didn't take questions from from the fans. Uh the the dude I was telling you about the the I'm assuming the gay brother. Um and again, I'm a I apologize, I don't remember anybody's name. You know what I'm saying? Not even the host's name of the E3, right? I don't remember anybody's name at these damn events. But he, I think he ended up, because I believe they could see the comments, but a lot of them were ignoring it. And like I said, they had the same attitude that I have when I record these episodes. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to talk what I want to talk about. And if you don't like to hear it, if you don't want to hear it, you can click off. Ain't nobody making you listen to this right now. Everything about what they did was was tight. It just was the wrong place. You know what you know what the people saying, you know how the people saying now read the room. Yeah. Take two interactive did everything right but read the room. Again, all uh, they weren't the only ones to talk about social issues. Heck, there is there's a gaming company called Freedom Games, and their social, their little, uh, well, not little, but they they are independent studio, but their thing is they donate a portion of their proceeds 
to animal shelters. You know, that's a social issue as well. They they hire people who are uh, handicapped as well. They, uh, you know, people with maybe uh, cognitive issues such as autism. And, and um, I don't know if co- autism was considered a cognitive issue or whatever. Um, but still, just those those types of disabilities, um, in quotation marks, they, they look out for people of the, of those nature of that nature and say you know let's give them jobs and stuff and these aren't just you know they're not just there to to uh, make the company look good these are people who are heads of these companies showing that no matter what handicap they have whether physical or mental um, they can be heads of these successful companies and they can make a difference and live out their dreams and stuff. Um, and seeing that stuff to me is beautiful, honestly. Um, but I brought them up because they showed that aspect of them while still talking about the games. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much what IGN and, and um, others were saying. Not everybody. Like, again, a lot of the people were just straight up racist and homophobic and sexist. They didn't want to hear about um, why female leads in video games or just female portrayal in video games is important and and all that stuff. And the, the steps take two is taken to fix all, uh, you know, to, to make sure that they portray females and, and, and black people or, you know, other ethnic groups and, and, and sexualities and gender identifications and all that. They didn't how they're going to work these in within their their work and continue on, you know, pushing what they do, right? There's a lot of people out there that was just anti all of that. But there are those out there who just wanted to know what games was going on because that's what people tune into. Whether you're racist or not, that's what you tune into E3 for, for the video game. Whether you're sexist, homophobic, or not, you tune into E3 um, for the video games. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and, and say me as a gamer uh, that all gamers are like me. First of all, I'm a picky gamer, so definitely not all gamers are like me. Uh, but not all gamers are into the social commentary. Not all gamers um, care about. The portrayal of black characters or, you know, just getting certain characters right in the look of it and being able to have hairstyles that is representative of, you know, a black character or black hairstyle, black features and this, that and the third. Um, Having black people to portray these uh, black characters and voice these black characters because that gives it the realism rather than have some guy play some black character and do a black voice like this, brother. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but, you know, not everyone gives a fuck about that shit. Some people laugh at it because they're racist. Some people don't pay mind to it at all because it's like a lot of people say, we go on a video game to escape from reality. We <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I get all of that. <laughs> but I think 
going forward, and this isn't even just advice for Take Two, because I was having this same, I was saying the same thing to other companies because Take Two just did it for an entire hour and didn't show video games. Some video game presenters were up there for anywhere between 40 minutes to an hour and spent 10, 15 minutes talking about the social issues and then arrest about video games. Or again, 40 minutes to an hour or more and spent half of that time talking about the social issues and then the other half about video games. And then the last 10 minutes to five minutes, let's put it that way, they went back to the social issues or whatever. And again, I have zero, I'm not the one criticizing and saying, keep that shit in my video game. No, that ain't the case with me. My thing is, I'm conflicted between y'all have your own events and do that, or you do that at a separate event, like maybe a social commentary, like video game type of event. Like, it doesn't have to be as big as E3. It doesn't have to be on the caliber of E3. It can simply just be all these video game companies coming together um, or someone hosting that event. Heck, you know, you just I'm just giving myself ideas in the future, you know, um, where they come together and they say, hey, you know, let's talk about these issues, uh, these social issues that we care about or claim to care about. You, it just as much as I can tell when politicians are faking the funk, I can definitely tell when these video game franchises and companies and people within these spaces are faking a funk as well. So, yes, that happens in the video game space as well. It's not just politicians lying about shit. It's your video games. It's people who create these video games. It's people who create these uh, TV shows and movies and music and, and, and all other aspects of life. But, as I was saying before, I have an event where they can go and talk about it maybe call it social gaming or whatever i'm just shopping names because like i said i'm giving myself ideas (laughs) for the future um and they go and they can just like wait e3 or any other video game showcase they can show display video games display new video games display whatever they got going out share ideas but Primarily within showing these new games or these games in general, they speak about why they decided to have a female lead. Why did they decide this character is going to identify this way or this or whatever life issues they got going on? Why is race a big focus in this video game? Why is this? Why is that? What they care about this, that, and the third, right? Had Take-Two Interactive did their conference call once again and probably had a graphic of video games in the background what they got going on and then they would reference as they're talking to each other they're referencing what is going on within the the uh the you know the video of the video games playing in the background like reference it here and there yeah, people will still be complaining, and those would be the racist, sexist, and homophobes. But it would still be relative, right? It would still be relative to what we traditionally see at E3 and all these other video game events anyways. Video games in the back, people talking. Either people talking about what's being seen on the screen, talking about what's new, 
talking about what they got working on while they have something showing or show a trailer or two or more and then keep it pushing get say nets and whoever's nets is up nets to talk about whatever they're going to talk about i think that would be a great idea for them to do that to you know do these things this way now i don't think that they should technically stop doing what they've been doing for the past few years now as in talk about these issues like mental health and social issues at e3 i don't think they should just stop and say let's ignore all this and talk about video games i think the approach that they're taking um because they could have easily stopped back in probably like 2018 when i feel as though they started doing this and people had a problem with it and vocalized how shitty it was right to them that's what i'm saying now how shitty it was to them not me that's those aren't my words but they did not stop doing that and i feel as though they as an e3 and these video game companies in general more so the video game companies um did not stop doing it because they're like this is important and it's pretty much the idea of putting the medicine inside the candy the candy obviously being these new video games or video games in general right um but the medicine being whatever social issue that they want to discuss have a have a dialogue on or educate people on I had zero problems with that, with them doing that, as long as it's genuine, of course, but I had zero problems with them doing that. My thing is, if you are going to do it for an hour long or more, even if it is about 40, 45 minutes, I think that it serves better to have a dedicated show for that because people like myself would go to that show now granted there will be racist motherfuckers homophobic motherfuckers uh sexist motherfuckers showing up to those events anyways and showing up to those live streams anyways just to you know boo and all this other stuff which is crazy because it's like they, they always do that they'll say oh you're invading our spaces <laughs> But then when you create a space that is clearly not for them or clearly not in their interest anyways, they come and then they say, why are you talking about that? You're invading your thinking. All that, right? <laughs> so it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. They're, they're, they're morons. They're, it's what they do. It's what they do. You know what I'm saying? But... I think you will have more people like myself. And sure, you're probably not going to have as many eyes, to be honest with you. You're probably not going to have that many eyes. You'll have these two blind pair eyes, but you probably don't won't have as many eyes on you. Or one pair eye. One, yeah, I said two pairs. Well, I got my if I got my glasses on, I'm no longer blind. But uh, and I guess the two pairs eyes, just yeah. Anyways. Um, you'll have the, these pair of eyes, these beautiful eyes watching y'all, is what I'm saying. You have mine, because I'm into that type of stuff. 
I got I gotta reiterate because I know some dumbass is gonna assume I'm one of these no, as I stated before, what Take Two actually did made me a bigger fan than them. I I'm actually a real big fan of what they talked about, what they did, and how gutsy they did it, and how it just felt like an Ernest Thoughts podcast. <laughs> All that, myself aside, what they did was still cool. It just was not the right place. It's like me, again, if we are at an event that is talking about, you know, if we're, if I'm at a black event, right, where, 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 we're at a, uh, African-American, you know, ADOS or uh, ADOS or whatever it's, you know, African, um, American Descendants of Slavery event or an FBA event, right? Foundational Black Americans or uh, FBA, not FDA. But even if I was at, a, I guess, a Food Drug Administration event, right? And I went to any of these events that has nothing to do with uh, two-factor <laughs> verification, right? And I just went there and they're like, okay, we invited... Ernest to speak. Ernest, you love Ernest. He is host of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast, the Season Premiere Podcast, the My Two Cents Podcast. He's got a book out, but he right now he is here to talk about the very topics that we talk about here that is on this conference. And I say, thank you, Bob. Take the microphone from Bob. And I start talking about two-factor verification on all your devices. (laughs) Yeah, that's educational. It's great. It's like, wow, he's 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 teaching us some things, but what the fuck does this have to do with the plight of black Americans? What does this have to do with, I don't know, organic food and the Food Drug Administration and stuff? He's talking about why it's important to have two-factor verification in everything that you have. What does this got to do with our lifestyle and what, what this conference is about? It'd be like me doing all of that. You know what I'm saying? And and then people bring it up and I'm just straight up ignoring them or I, I comment them. I, com- I comment with some more sass to double down with what I'm saying. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because it's like they had the guts to do it. And I'm like, yo, they really did that shit. And I actually like what they were saying. But at the same time. I understand why they've gotten so much backlash for what they did at this E3. Will they learn? I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what if, what, what will they, if they even do anything the next E3, uh, next year, 2022. Will they double down? <laughs> the troll part of me wants them to double down. There's a part of me that's like, do it again. Do it. <laughs> just, just to see people be mad and shit. And I want to see if maybe E3 like cut their stream short, or they throw a monkey wrench in, in you know their will, or they start glitching up their stream, their conference call, or whatever. Um, and then the dude that was doing a lot of the talking see how he reacts to all that a part of me wants to see all that chaos go down i'm sorry so take two interactive please 
that's E3 show up. I don't even care if y'all gonna announce GTA 6 coming out in 2025. If that means I have to wait for that announcement because y'all wanna talk about social issues again, please do it again for me. I wanna see how the people react because at this point, I just wanna troll the trolls. So that's my thought on this situation. Um, Again, I had no problem with what they said at all. I agreed with a lot of what they said, pretty much everything that they said, even though I only watched an hour and 20 some minutes of the hour and 37 minute presentation. I'm still going to say within those 17 minutes, I'm pretty sure they were talking about um, the same stuff that they were talking about within the hour and 20 minutes that I was watching. Um, and they kept saying, making great points. So yeah, I'm gonna, still going to say I, I I agree with everything they say. It's just the type of event that I was describing would have been the perfect event for that. Or again, Take-Two Interactive could have easily on their own any single day. Not while the Earnest Thoughts podcast first airs on a Monday, but I don't know, maybe maybe on a Friday. I'll give 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 the listeners a couple days to go back and forth, right? And uh, yeah, they can present that and say, hey, you know, we're doing a live stream today. We're gonna talk about X, Y, and Z. So if you came here for video game talks, get the fuck out. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> that's my thoughts. That's that's how I feel about that. Curious to know what y'all think about it, if you know about it. Um, I encourage you, if you are interested in, again, you can find the live stream. All 37, all, and all, all of it, all, the entire hour and 37 minutes, you can find it on YouTube. Like I said, I did not play it, but I did find it. You can find it on YouTube. Um, So if you're interested in watching it, it's only going to take an hour and 37 of your time. You can split it up if you want to. I will say that they do end up speaking in circles at times and talking about the same old stuff. Um, So, and they talk about the same shit I talk about here. So yeah, It, it was Ernest Thoughts podcast without Ernest's thoughts. And that's the other thing that I didn't like about it. Other than, other than the, their 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 bad room reading skills and the fact that they had the podcast episode without me, it was a really good. It was a really good discussion. Just bad place and bad casting. And it was only bad casting because they left out the earnest in the earnest thoughts podcast. So there's that. But, uh, we still got more to discuss on this podcast, so stay tuned to the Take-Two Interactive Podcast. I'm just joking. They might sue me for that shit. This is the Earnest Thoughts Podcast, not the Take-Two Interactive Podcast. I doubt they have a podcast, but, uh, if they did, hopefully they're not talking about the same shit I talk about, because now we're gonna fight. Anyways, stay tuned. You know this podcast is about politics, pop culture, and life in general. And I used to review 
movies, and probably talk about a TV show here and there. But now I have a dedicated podcast for that. That is called the Season Premiere Podcast. That is also a weekly podcast just like this one, but new episodes every Thursday where I talk about my favorite shows and maybe movies I've seen, and I review them. So if you want to hear my thoughts on all of that outside of politics and all these other things that I talk about on this podcast, go check out the season premiere podcast. You can find that podcast everywhere you can find this podcast. Subscribe over there, just like you're subscribed here, and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, so speaking of week old um, or weeks old topics or whatever, we're going to talk about this whole Asian hate thing once again. Um, Why? Because I want to talk about it. That's why. And it may have been a fad for y'all. It was cute to put up your yellow squares on Twitter with the hashtag stop Asian hate although that was (laughs) I ain't even gonna say what it was you should know what it was and if you don't know what it was uh, anyways um, it was cute to say all that maybe it was all a fad to you but to me what came from it and all of you know the mess that we're still seeing if you've been paying attention to all of that um and just the effects all of that in general and propaganda in general has had on people yeah that stuff is not easily ignorable by me maybe you can but i can't so i bring this up because i was doing what i do Pretty much every weekday morning, I tune into this show called Fault Lines um, with one of the hosts on the show. The, the two hosts are Shane Stranahan and Jamal Thomas. So Jamal Thomas um, is one half of the host, as I mentioned, and he was detailing a story. This is an episode weeks ago, once again, um, but he was detailing a conversation he had with one of his nurses, his doctors, his nurses, or whatever, right? Um, and she is not Chinese. <clears throat> I forgot what uh, nationality he said she was, um, but she is not Chinese. But I'm pretty sure if you were to assume and look at her, you'd probably assume that she was from China. Um, you know? Either or, she asked him this question, why do black people hate Chinese people, right? And I add the people at the end. His exact words, I don't know if he was quoting her, but his exact words was, why do black people hate Chinese? Okay? So then he responds back to her, what do you mean by that? And she goes, well, I think that our answer is pretty much, and I'm paraphrasing at this point, her statement at this point, because I don't remember everything he was saying what happened. Um, I just remember the gist of it. Um, But she pretty much said to him, well, the question is pretty simple. I, I, 
why do black people hate Chinese people? And I'm not sure if he asked her why did she believe that was the case. This is a black man, by the way, Jamal Thomas. <clears throat> One and a half of the hosts of Fault Lines, right? Um, you can tune into them on radio and stuff. You can um, check them out on YouTube. That's how I check them out and stuff. Um, but she was of Asian descent, I believe, but she then, again, she doesn't want to just, she doesn't want people just to assume that she's Chinese because she, I guess, has that look, right? Understandable. Um, You know, if I was Vietnamese, I wouldn't want someone not to say that I'm anti-Chinese or anti-Japanese or whatever, but I would want people to at least ask me before assuming Hey, Ernest is Chinese, and, and and I'm not. I'm Vietnamese, you know? I'm not Vietnamese either. I said if, you know? Um, but if that was the case, yeah, I would want people to know the difference, and I would want to clarify that as well. Um, but she basically said, well, I was watching the news. She said to him, I was watching the news, and I saw this one black guy beat up this Chinese person or this Asian person, right? So now I'm asking you again, why do black people hate Chinese people? And I want to say one, because that's exactly what he said, she said, and that's exactly what Jamal said. He said she she literally was watching the news, the propaganda tool that it is, saw one, a, a report of one black man who attacked a an Asian person. I'm guessing she saw the one that a lot of us saw, the big black Suge Knight look kind of looking motherfucker who was wearing the pink, you know, the dude who supposedly got all these damn priors and the guy who I believe went to prison when he was younger for killing his own mom. And the dude clearly had some like mental uh, issues as well. The dude wasn't right in the head. But I think he was released of prison years after or some some time, of course. But after doing his bid for killing his mom, um, that's the dude that was apparently. I don't know if she's that she's talking about that guy, but I'm assuming that's the dude that she saw. All right, either or. She said she saw one black guy do this, and now all of a sudden, that is an indictment on all black people, let alone all black men, I'm assuming that she is thinking that. And the reason why I feel as though she was comfortable asking Jamal that question is because she obviously can see Jamal as a black man, a black person, but she probably feels safe or safer around Jamal him being a safe black in her eyes as opposed to other black people that she has no idea of who or who we are probably opposed to me because again she's not my doctor she knows nothing about me she doesn't see me on the news beating up on anybody let alone random asian grandmoms yet 
she still has this assumption about me because of the one, as she put it, the one black man that she saw on video beating up on an Asian person and then felt the need to ask her black male patient why do all black people hate Chinese people when she admitted herself she only saw one incident of a black person attacking a person possibly Asian descent so within her question herself even before you know Jamal responded back to it um I'm not going to detail everything he said. You know, y'all can go watch that episode. Uh, I was like, you know what? This is, yet again, why I talk about what I talk about. And this is, yet again, why I am so anti-mainstream news. Because look at this shit. Look at this shit. That people, the shit that people do. Yeah, I'm the anti-news because mainstream news because they lie and stuff. But what I really hate is the idiots and the morons who watch it and believe everything. So I have stats here and I will read off these stats. And these are stats from the FBI. Now, you can feel a way about the FBI and I don't blame you at all. But here's the thing. If you're going to watch whatever news outlet you saw you watch and believe them motherfucker you might as well believe the FBI you might as well believe what the FBI is reporting especially if the FBI is telling the news to report on certain things yes these are things that go down now I'm not saying the FBI told whatever news outlet that this woman saw um, that day to Make sure you show a black guy beating up on Asian women to fool people into thinking it's only black people beating up on Asian folks. I'm not, I'm sure that's, you know, not that that wasn't the case, but I'm talking in other instances. Yeah. Yeah. The, the FBI has heavily heavenly been involved in you know telling folks you or 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 or, or uh, spitting out misinformation or you know guiding what the news is all about you can look into all that information as well but why have this information about the FBI to show you just straight up stats about who is one crew committing these crimes, these hate crimes, the majority of these hate crimes, and two, who is actually the leading victims of these hate crimes. You know, her comments did trigger me a bit, but then it was like, I'm not surprised because she's not the only moron, degree or not, doctor or not, nurse or not, you're still a moron for believing that it's okay to assume one thing about black folks and it was it's 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 it was bias she probably already had about us anyways and again 
felt comfortable talking to Jamal about that because she felt like, well, he's different. He's a safe black. I take care of him. He doesn't give me any type of, you know, uh, uh, you know, black violent beast vibes from him. But instead of doing what, you know, I guess a logical racist or prejudiced person would do and say, hey, I have these preconceived notions about these people, but I know somebody of this group and this person is actually very nice and very respectful and very not scary. Therefore, maybe I shouldn't assume that all of them are mean, violent, and scary individuals. Maybe I should try to get to know more people like Jamal. Maybe I should get to know more people like Ernest, like whoever, right? Instead of assuming they are the good ones. Everyone else, I don't care if, you know, I know two, three good ones. I still fear the rest. But you don't take on that aspect. You don't take on that mindset, once again, with white folks. When... The FBI reports, shocker, right? The leading offenders of hate crimes when it comes to race, 52.5% are white. Let me read that again. 52.5% leading offenders of hate crimes in regards to race are white. So, just like other stats I've read, and and this is not nothing new. I've talked about how white males especially, but white folks in general, lead pretty much in every crime that category. But I've talked about this before. I believe it was last year or so when I read off the leading offenders of of rape and sexual assault, what group it was, it was white men. Yet it's us black men who are the, get the, the rapist labeled on us, right? Sexual predators, the sexual deviant uh, labeled on us. But it's white men who lead in that category. Same with this. Same with this. It's only... It's black people beating up on Asian folks. They just find videos of... You know, and I'm not saying it ain't black people ain't out here beating up on Asian folks or being racist, but they will f- purposely ignore the num- numerous of incidences that they can literally report on that show white folks doing it. That show other folks doing it. Just to find the droplets of black folks doing it. So they can put it out there and say, hey, look, it's more them because we got them on video. So how can you say it? we don't have any white folks doing it? So therefore, how can you say that? The police was on that bullshit before body cams. How can you say we're murdering for more people? Do you got it on camera? Do you have proof? How can you say it? Can, can, the, can the individual who was supposedly killed by us wrongfully, can they speak up and say that we killed them wrongfully? No. 
do you have this witness to say? Do you have that witness to say? Did anybody else say? Did, is my partner, did, did the other cops in, in general say I did something wrong here? No. So how can you prove that I murdered this man or woman unjustly? You can't. And then body cans became a thing. And then somehow they still get away with it most of the time. But still, the the simple fact of the matter is just because you might not be looking into the information doesn't mean it's A, not out there. B, what is out there is the full story. The full story, oftentimes, is what you need to search into. And even someone who is as educated, like a doctor or a nurse, seems to not understand that. And as I was saying before, even as someone as educated as a doctor or a nurse seems to not understand that her prejudices on black folks, although she has one black patient that she she seems to feel, feel comfortable asking personal questions, asking political questions to, asking non-health-related questions and talking, having non-health-related discussions with, seems to not understand, well, maybe Jamal isn't the only black individual that I should get to know. Maybe Jamal is one of many great black uh, American males and black Americans in general that I should let go of this racist mindset that I have, this prejudiced mindset that I have. Now, people are gonna say, you, you're probably gonna say, how do you know she's this? How do you know she's that? She can't be racist. Why would she have a black patient? She clearly snitched on herself, asking Jamal that type of question. She clearly snitched on herself, assuming that we, as in black folks, are the leading offenders of Asian hate crime. By the way, it's white male too, by the way. All this information will be linked in the description box below. You already know how I roll. I ain't just spewing these numbers. This ain't Twitter, where I just say shit just to say shit because it sounds good. No, I'm saying shit because it is what it is. And these are from, once again, this is from the FBI. You ain't gotta fuck with them. I don't fuck with them either. But again, if you're going to believe the news, you got to believe the FBI. All right. Now, if you, how you going? Yeah, I know you're going to say, well, if you don't talk about mine, you get no official stats from them. Well, they're supposed to give the official stats. And FBI, as propagandist as they are, they're not the ones, like I alluded to before, they're not the ones showing the, the Suge Knight ripoff beating up on old Asian people. In fact, how a man like that get free or get out of jail or just be free and I got my own uh, suspicions on that, but I'll probably talk about that later on. I want to stick to the topic at hand. The topic at hand is once again what is meant Many things I want to say. For for starters, this is yet another 
example of how the media because again this woman and we everyone should be media literate I I I I you're not gonna get uh an argument from me saying otherwise but the media does this because they know they can get away with it they know people are just gonna watch them and not question shit and the only question they ask is why would the media lie to me why would the news lie to me what purpose would they have to lie don't you think that people will get mad if they found out that they're being lied to yeah, but people aren't finding out they're being lied to. In fact, those who do find out, like myself, that we've been lied to, we do get mad. <laughs> and then we start our own podcast and we start our own platforms, YouTube channels or whatever. And then we talk about these things and we expose the lies. And then we get called conspiracy theories or we get ignored or we get called problematic or we get called whatever the fuck, right? We or we simply just do not get listened to simply because we're not a mainstream media outlet like a MSNBC, like a Fox News, like a ABC News or whatever, right? CNN. So it's that aspect that I wanted to shine a light on as well. It's the other aspect I was talking about how you know, you had this woman who is <clears throat> educated, but still stupid, um, which I've, I've said plenty of times before, your degrees don't make you smart, don't mean you're smart or have any intelligence. It simply just means you know how to fucking read, you know how to follow what books say, you know how to remember. And most of all, what what they really mean is, you know how to, um, you're really good at retaining information and then regurgitating said information on test or via practices and even though people do go to school for things they still end up messing up so I the via practices part is a little bit iffy but not not too iffy you know what I'm saying the thing is this woman should have known better to ask a stupid ass question like that that's number one but she did so because no matter how many doctor doctor degrees or whatever degrees or field in the medical uh, degrees she has or whatever her title is, <clears throat> she's still someone who had this preconceived thought of black people. And then thought, well, you know who I'm going to ask? the one black person that I probably talked to because he's the only black person that I feel safe around because the media has been telling me that these people are unsafe and they're scary individuals and I should not talk to them and should not look them in their eye when I walk past them in the street. If we do walk on the same sidewalk, I just keep walking and I tense up a bit and everything. But I don't do all of that when it comes to Jamal though. I can look him in his eye. I don't tense up. I don't feel scared when I speak to him. I can ask him these questions and then hopefully he'll give me an answer to confirm my biases. Now, I wish he went more so in depth with how that uh, um, conversation went entirely 
Maybe I'll reach out and ask him if he even remembers how it went. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's utterly ridiculous. Just just to show y'all, and I'm mad at myself for this. I'm mad at myself because weeks ago, and this is goes to me and my lack of preparation. Um, or at least full preparation. Because I, I intentionally wanted to talk about this to share some more stats. There was this um, Asian... I don't know if she's an activist or... I don't remember if she is an activist or she is like a political pundit. Either or, she shared in-depth information about the, you know, the whole, again, who who's committing the, the hate crimes against Asian Americans, right? Or just Asians in general. I'm going based off of memory from what I read, but again, I wish I had, I'm gonna have proof in the description box below, like I said. Um, just from the stats I read and everything, you can go check all that stuff out. But she had something else totally different. She didn't have FBI. Um, she didn't have FBI stats. She had her own research and pretty much what she was saying um, was, yes, the crimes. Oh, they they the amount of hate crimes for Asians did go up from the years. In the year from 2019 to 2020, it did go up. I believe it went up 10%. But contrary to popular belief, it wasn't black people leading that aspect. In fact, it wasn't even Asian people who still led victims of, of hate crimes in 2019 and in 2020. Hell. Let's go back to the uh, FBI because I saw that as well. Um, that's that as well. There it goes. So let's go to the victims. FBI reports, and this is in 2019. 2019, they're reporting this. Black victims of hate crimes where still black black Americans were still the leading victims of hate crimes in 2019. Despite the Asian uh, population, they're the victims of hate crime growing 10%. They didn't grow from like zero hate crimes to 50, bit, 50 kajillion billion. And they, they just overtook black folks in the rankings and this is not something black folks should be proud of leading no one should be proud of leading this of course that thunderstorm is crazy anyways i'm inside but (laughs) nah so victims once again we have forty eight 48.5% so nearly 50% but this was 2018 like and not 2018 2019 
point is, this woman, and I forgot the stats in her her uh, breakdown. And again, this is someone who wanted to look into the information herself because she wanted to she wanted the truth out there. And I thought it was important to say that she was Asian herself because it's not going to show some. Only oh, if the person was black, they may have had a black bias. If the person was white, they may have had an anti-Asian bias. Nope. Asian woman reporting on Asian hate crime. And she just wanted to detail the truth. The truth of the matter is, yes, hate crime did grow in 2019 and 2020. And again, like I said, I believe the number was, it grew 10%. What also is true is that once again, the leading perpetrators of a hate crime in general, but of the Asian hate crime were white males. I hope I do. I did like the tweet. But again, this is weeks ago. And this is what happens when I like 50 kajillion tweets in a damn day. It gets lost in the sauce. And then Twitter doesn't know how to load older tweets. So that's my fault. But if anybody knows who I'm referencing. Anybody knows that article. Please share it to me. Please, please, please share it to me. Um... If I find it before this episode goes up, I definitely will have it in the description box below as well as the FBI links once again. In fact, let me email this stuff to me right now, the FBI link, so I don't forget... If I can, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just copy this URL <clears throat> and email it to myself. But that's pretty much what I had to say. I just wanted to bring it to atten- people's attention. Once again, who's out here wilding? And it's this is not some. This is not me. Saying, let's be fearful of the white man. Let's be fearful of white folks. This is me saying, how come? I just want y'all to think how easy it is to for a lot of people to be so anti-black. To be so prejudiced against black folks. Now, all it took was one news report that this nurse saw... For her to say, well, it's all black people. I I doubt, because the news aren't that blatant. I doubt the news reporters was like, hey, people, they're not that blatant this time. You know, back, back in the days, you know, 50s and 60s, they were that blatant about, you know, their anti-black propaganda and blacks are violent, this, that, and the third, right? But in 2021, they are not that blatant with it. So I doubt the reporters, while they're showing this video of this one black dude beating up on an Asian person, I doubt there was like, 
See, this is why we need protection from those black keys. I doubt that the reporter said anything close to that. Verbally, at least. But all it took was, even if the reporter did say that, again, miseducated nurse, doctor, whatever your medical title is, you should be, you should be smarter than that. I ain't got no fucking degrees, yet I know bullshit when I see it on the news. But if you were to ask somebody, she's the smarter individual. They'd probably assume she was smart because she's Asian and I'm black. But let's let's not be racist, right? But I'm the one being racist, huh? Okay. But anyways... It's just shit like that. I just wanted to point out how easy it is for a lot of groups to show their prejudices and biases and all that because this isn't the first time where it was just oh, a black person, one black person did this, all of us get indicted for it. Meanwhile, the stats, the stats that I read pretty much on a yearly basis when it comes to the murders, the hate crimes, the rapes, always are white folks. And not not one person is going to have the same mindset that they have about black men or black people in general. No one's going around. That woman, that nurse... It's not going around fearing white men, although if someone were to attack her on the street, it is highly likely, based on of the stats, that it will be a white person. I'm not saying, once again, black people don't commit hate crimes. I'm not saying that we, we as in black folks, are now here doing fuck shit as well. But are we leading though? Are we leading in the rapes? Are we leading in the hate crimes? Are we leading in all this other BS that white people are leading in? The answer is in the question. No, white people are leading in that, not blacks. That's not excusing what black folks do. That's not excusing what anybody else does. And it damn sure isn't excusing what white folks do. But my thing is, if you're going to keep this energy of prejudiceness, of being prejudiced, being racist, being anti-something because you saw something on the news. And I bet you, if she continued watching the news, the other crimes that she saw being reported on were committed by white men. But I bet you shouldn't go throughout that day and say, let me ask the one white man that I know, or the plenty of white men that I know, let me do my own little survey and ask them, how, how come white men are out here doing crazy shit? How come white people are doing this, that, and the third? But she saw one black man attack an Asian person and was like, let me ask the one black man this question and see how he responds. And like I said, I feel as though she only asked him that question because she wanted him, the safe black, to confirm a bias. That's what she was hoping for. I don't think she was really wanted to uh, open dialogue for her to say, well, I have this prejudice and I want to be told my prejudice is wrong. 
I doubt that was her intention in why she even asked Jamal Thomas that question in the first place. Highly doubt it. Because if you're that intelligent to know that you have certain thoughts that should not be thought about, that are wrong thoughts, then you don't necessarily need somebody to tell you. I, I, I'd be glad to be the one to tell you that you're wrong for those wrong thoughts. But if you know they're wrong, do you really need anybody to tell you that they're wrong? The answer is in the question. No, you don't. You know that they're wrong. Therefore, you should have confided in yourself if that was the case. Miss Lady Nurse, Doctor, Woman. You, sh- you could have easily confided in yourself if, if your point was, I want to discuss this with Jamal because I want to be told that my bias is wrong. Okay. No, I, that's why I say that she just wanted him to confirm her biases and she believed he, because he was a safe black, that because he was different from what she traditionally thought of black people or most likely think of black people, that he was just going to throw all of us under the bus because that's what safe blacks do. So, yeah. Y'all need to understand how the media be playing with y'all, how the media fucks with y'all. And it even it's not even just with when it comes to race. There's a lot of things, and I will just—I have, but I will continue to discuss these things um, as I continue as I go on um, with this with this podcast. So, yeah, this ain't gonna be the last time where I feel the need to take out time to talk about media literacy. So, there's that. We're going to get on to the last topic. So, uh, stay tuned. So, what's up, y'all? So, many of y'all already know that I have a lot more interest in politics and life and speaking with a fellow writers and authors and just other people in other fields that I think are amazing. I have a love and interest for music as well. Now, I don't necessarily create music. Well, I do make beats. Y'all should check them out whenever I share them on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that. But I'm talking about a dedicated podcast where I speak about music. So if you like my honest discussions about whatever I talk about here, you're going to love the honest discussions I have about music over at the My Two Cents podcast. That is a podcast I do, a weekly podcast. I've been doing it just as long as this podcast that you're listening to right now. The My Two Cents podcast can be found anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Go over, subscribe to My Two Cents podcast. That is the word My Two Cents is spelled numerically dollar sign zero dot zero two podcast right after that you'll be able to find it everywhere you're listening to this podcast once again go over subscribe to the my two cents podcast new episodes every monday just like this podcast now let's get back to the show all right we back I was just jamming out to uh, Lauren Hill's Everything is Everything and uh, 
it got me to thinking. Man, um, I would make that my intro or outro. The instrumental, of course. Um, probably the, the hook as well. If I had, you know, rights to do so. You know, all that stuff. I don't know how copyright is working. I don't know. But it's not what this topic is about. It's about going after your dreams despite your family. And this is for family particularly. Um, or about family. And for family, to be honest with you. But about family particularly. But this can apply to non-family members as well. People in general, right? So, before I get into all that, um, there was this quote that I saw the other day. Um, shout out to, shout out to my girl Ivory Cunningham. She typically shares these inspirational quotes on Twitter here and there. Um, one of the quotes that she said uh, that she shared was a red. Um, blood is not thicker than peace. And then it had like the peace sign emoji right next to the word peace, right? Um, that's a very, very, you know, simple statement to some, but a very beautiful and powerful one to me, right? Blood is not thicker than peace. I'm going to remix it a little bit. And as you see here with the title, um, blood is not thicker than happiness. Now, peace, happiness, ultimately the same thing. I mean, who who has peace and they're unhappy? People who are weird and they like destruction. But for sane individuals like myself and hopefully you, listener, you're happy when you're in peace. So why do I feel the need to switch up peace and in place of happiness well because i think that you can be at peace with your station in life but still not be truly happy with your station or everything every aspect of it for me example i'm taking me example I'm going through a move right now, and this move, I've mentioned before, I'm moving out of state of Massachusetts. Um, I will go into that next week. That is going to be one of the topics for the podcast that I record next week, not next week's episode. Uh, well, yeah, it's next week's episode by the time you're listening to this. So yeah, next week's episode. But I'm recording that, obviously, the same week that this episode goes up. That's just how it goes. Um, but I'm going to talk about that aspect um, and how that's going to relate to this podcast and my other podcasts in general. Um, even though I made the announcement a couple weeks ago that there might be a break, you know, my first, I guess, official break from podcasting or doing a podcast every week because of this move but I'll go into depth about that once again next week so make sure you're subscribed if you're not and if you are subscribed make sure you listen to that episode alright uh, 
or if you're not going to do either, if you're not a subscriber, you're not going to subscribe, at least remember I upload every Monday, Monday mornings. And uh, yeah, just come back next Monday if you really want to hear it. But you might as well subscribe. Anyways, Ember and how all how that quote resonated with me so much and it pertains to me so much is because I'm in a living situation right now where I've made peace with for quite some time. I've made peace with it, but was I truly happy with my living arrangement? No, I wasn't. Was I truly happy with how my life was going despite other aspects of my life going pretty well like this podcast? No, I wasn't. Other aspects is going well, but am I truly happy with everything that that is, you know, of my life right now? No, I'm not. And again, with the whole living situation, I've made peace with it a long time ago. But I'm not going to act like it's it's making peace with it just simply means I'm not going to wake up every day. And, oh, I woke up in this apartment in this city in this house. And I, and I, and I. It's I, I can do that. I can moan and groan. Or I can say, well, you know what? I have a place to stay. And so many individuals don't. You know, I can go outside and go for my walks and go in areas and then around the city or bike rides around the city and see homeless people and then have to walk back or ride back to, you know, this place and say, well, at least I have a place to even go to that I can escape from. These individuals, unfortunately, don't. They want to escape from the streets. They don't have an apartment to go to. Maybe some of them do. Maybe some of them have a, a place and they ran away or whatever. But I want to say for the majority of them, they do not. So if they want to get away from whatever is going on out there in the streets, they can't. They can, they'll go to another street and probably be dealt with a whole new set of problems or the same problems are going to arise but just in different forms or from different individuals. So that's a blessing that I, I that I have. And that's something that brings me peace. But simply because it does that does not mean that I am going to just settle, be settled and be happy with my station in life. Like I said, be happy that it is that that's the case. To me, being happy with some something, one you shouldn't you don't you shouldn't need to settle in order to be happy or to to whatever, right? Because um, if you have to settle for something, it's not really happiness to me. It's just you're making a decision out of pure desperation, and it's better than not having at all. Which to me, it's like. Would you rather have a police? Or would you have rather have an education system that is is available, and or would you rather have no education system at all? And how are the kids gonna learn? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's great that we have an educational system. But if it needs work, it needs work. That doesn't mean parents and and teachers and students and 
people like myself should not speak up about the improved, the much needed improvements simply because this thing exists. There still needs to, there's, there's something that still needs to be improved upon. You know? I don't want to go too much on a wild tangent because I do have a much deeper, not much deeper, but I, I guess a more uh, focused topic that I wanted to talk about. But again, that quote resonated with me because of that. And it goes along with the advice that I want to share because of what I um, am personally experiencing and how that quote relates to all of that. So as I said, I switched it from blood is thicker than happiness. You can keep it at the original quote, blood is thicker than peace, whatever word works for you. And or you can switch it up and, and uh, put in your own word that is synonymous with what I said or peace, right? If that's how you want to roll. Perfectly fine. Feel free to let me know what that word is if you did so, right? And feel free to share your thoughts, of course, about my quote, the original quote, and how it pertains to your life as well. Interested to hear all that. But why I switched it out in the first place and how it pertains to me is because at the end of the day, the people, the very people that I, I live with, and it's not everyone, or at least not everyone is making it seem as though, but it's, it seems as though me making a decision for me be, out of my own happiness, what I want to do with my life, seems to be a problem. Like I'm doing something wrong. Like I'm causing an inconvenience in their life. And let me tell y'all something. I'm doing nothing. I'm literally just moving out. And going for mine. That's that's all I'm doing. I'm not I I'm I, I'm not, you know, bringing people in here and you know, I'm not whatever, right? I'm literally just saying I'm getting my own spot. Yeah, it's in another state and everything and all that stuff, but I'm going to focus more on me. I made that promise to myself years ago, and I'm going to uphold that promise every single year that I'm alive. I'm focusing on what makes me happy, what I want to do in life, because I am not the individual. I look at family members, and I know this for a fact about them. They don't have to say it. I know this is a fact about them. I look at them, those who are still living and those who are past, God rest their souls, but I look at them and I see people who gave up on their dreams, who did not go for their dreams, who were not happy, who either was only content with the safety route, only content with having what they had, and again, there's nothing wrong with being appreciative of having a roof over your head, of having a job, whether it's your dream job or not, having, you know, food, whether it's, you know, the healthiest of food or not, having things that you don't necessarily, if you had the means to have a choice, these will not be your choices. Your first, second, third, or even 100th choice, but you still have them. 
I understand being pre- appreciative of all of that. And as I stated before, and I don't want to get it across that I wasn't appreciative of 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 being here and and being uh, appreciative of just everything that was provided to me. Like I said, I'm appreciative of even having a roof over my head. At my older job, the amount of homeless individuals that I interacted with, great individuals, people that I wish were blessed with a place to stay, wish blessed with a family that loved with them and, and all that, wish that were blessed with, you know, just, just things that I have, that I and others at times can take for granted. These individuals deserve these things because of how great of individuals they are, even if they were just straight up assholes. I've met some assholes too. That doesn't mean that's why you're homeless and it was, you're an asshole. But hell, if I was homeless too, I'd probably be one myself. Now, I ain't gonna excuse your behavior, but I get it. And I'm not saying that you should not be mad and you do not deserve a home. You still deserve a place to stay. You still deserve uh, food and, and a job and money and all this other stuff. You're still a piece of shit, but you still deserve these things. Now on back to me. Once again, why I chose happiness as the word over peace is because it's not that I wasn't peaceful here. I'm I'm peaceful right now. I'm in my room. I'm recording this podcast. The rain sounds, you can't hear them, but I can. Um, The window's closed. Maybe you can't hear them, Um, but the window is closed. So that's why you probably can't hear them, but I can. I'm peace. I'm at peace right now. I'm I'm it's I'm, I'm talking about I'm recording the podcast which I love doing. Um I'm talking about myself. I'm getting things off my chest. This is a very peaceful state of mind that I'm in. This is a very peaceful moment. But simply because that's the case here and that may have been the case in previous podcast episodes doesn't mean that where I'm stationed in life right now, where I'm at in life right now, whether it be financially, physically, mentally, I am all the way happy. Now, I'm not depressed, or at least I don't think so. I'm not in any state of deep depression or anything of that nature. (laughs) At least I don't think so. But I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I'm 100% happy with my station in life. And me going about doing so seems to be rubbing some people the wrong way. And I should have started with this when 15 minutes in, I planned on starting with this, but hell, we're here now. If there's any family member, blood, no matter if you're first blood or second blood or whatever, however the density of the blood is as far as family goes, and you're listening to this right now, and you're thinking about how you're feeling as opposed to how I'm feeling on the Earnest Thoughts podcast, really? But no, you're thinking about how you're feeling as opposed to my feelings and not listen to a damn thing about how I feel. 
you're part of the problem. I'm willing to have a discussion with anybody about this, fam or not, but this is about family, so if you're not family, there's only so much we can discuss about this anyways. You can't really, you know, give me the perspective of a cousin or a father if you're not my dad or a cuz or a brother or whoever, right? Yeah, so if we are going to discuss about this, please come from the perspective of someone who isn't a family member if you're not a family member, of course. But this is my life. You have yours. What you decide is okay and perfectly fine with yours is what you decide is okay and perfectly fine with yours. Even if you have to lie to yourself and tell yourself that it's okay and it's fine. These are decisions you're choosing to do for yourself. Nobody is telling you to do that. In fact, I tell you to do, to do the uh, complete opposite. I'm telling you that if you feel as though things are not fine, things are not the way that you want them to be, you want things to change, I am telling you, as whatever relation we have, this is again addressing to whatever whoever the blood relative is, listening to this who might be listening to this whatever relation we have I am telling you if things are not fine that you do what you can do and what is in your power to make things the way that you want them to be for yourself not for others for yourself I have to mention that because don't try to control what other people's decision are and you're not fine with someone else's decision for themselves and now you're going to try to control it. No, that's not the advice I'm giving you. I'm saying for yourself. And if you're non-blood, you can listen to that and that can apply to you as well. Just like I said at the beginning, this is me addressing my family and myself in general, but pretty sure there are others who are listening to this probably mainly others who are listening to this who can relate as well so the same goes fam or not but if there's something in your life right now that you're unhappy with i'm telling you to not sit and say it's fine if it's not fine change it If it pertains to you, you can't change somebody else's opinion, uh, 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 decisions on what they believe it's fine for them, what they believe is best for them. And simply because you think it causes an inconvenience in your life, because you're probably getting tax return money, you probably got, have gotten stimulus money because you've gotten whatever from this individual. Maybe they come out, they come around from time to time and they cook or clean for you uh, from time to time. Maybe they buy you things from time to time and now they've decided not to do this. They've decided to either move elsewhere or they de- they've decided to do something that is going to take away whatever that they that you were getting from them or they were given to you. You're a grown-ass adult. Get it for yourself. Do it for yourself. 
Now, if you're bedridden, you got some medical conditions, you should be having someone taking care of you anyway. So we're not talking about that, obvious. We're talking about some able-bodied, abled, mentally individuals who can do these things for themselves, but don't. Now, back on to me. The moves I'm making, despite what anybody might feel, are for me. Despite who else I am moving with, who else is in the picture in regards to my decision or whatever decision I'm making. These are for me. This is for me. If for some reason you can't handle that, that's fucking tough to be blunt with you. That's tough. This whole idea of keeping people at a comfortable level that is all right with you, even if it is family members. It's ridiculous because you should want to see your family members want want better and do better. Just as much as they should want in want better for you and want to see you do better and want to see you happy and want and you should want to see them happy. So why the hell would you? Well, it, it, it's convenient. It isn't convenient for me, so I. And subconsciously, that's what people have been saying to me. They, no one's came out and obviously said, well, it, it's not a convenient for me, therefore. But reading between the lines, and I can admit, maybe I'm reading too much into shit. But a lot of it seems like it's a lot deeper than I'm going to miss having you around. It's... It's a lot more, let me put it that way. Not deeper, but it's a lot more than just that. And the more isn't necessarily good. I can deal with the whole I can miss having you around, missing you. Hell, there's feelings are mutual there. But where the feelings aren't mutual is me sacrificing my happiness, my peace, what I want for myself, continuing to live a life. I'll be 30 years old in August. Continuing to do things for other, continue for others. Continuing to live a life for others because I don't want to disappoint. Because I don't want to cause any type of inconvenience, whatever the fuck it is, in anybody else's life. Meanwhile, I'm not happy in doing what I'm doing. I'm not happy going to school. Period. I'm working jobs that I'm not happy with. I'm struggling to try to get myself out there, there, here, here, and here. People know what the fuck I'm doing. They don't want to support it. They don't want to tell anybody else about it simply because they don't want to see me grow or they think it's going to go. It's not going to go anywhere because they don't have faith in it. Because once again, these are individuals who gave up on their dreams, goals, whatever. Or probably never even had any because sadly, they grew up in areas. They grew up in a generation where having that stuff was 
it wasn't feasible. It was, you know, they they either saw individuals who dared to dream and then they those individuals failed because those individuals never got back up every time they got knocked down or got knocked down once and never got back up or never lived long enough to even see their shit um, pop off or dreams uh, come true or even live out uh, a modicum of their damn dream. Or maybe they were just too afraid to dream in the first place. So they kept their head low. They followed the status quo. You go to school for this or you find a job here. You find a job there and you work these jobs until you fucking drop. This might seem harsh like, wow, you're really talking to fam like this and I want what is best for them. I love them. But I love me more. I want what's best for me more. Selfish. Okay. So what should I do? Should I continue? Should I live another 30 years? Going to school for something that I I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, go to school for. Or going to school, period. Should I live another 30 years? Working jobs I care nothing about. Should I live another 30 years in the same place, literally and, phys- and, and, and physically? And f- figuratively, I mean. at the same place at the same level because everybody else is doing the same 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 and because I branch out and do something else I am doing something wrong if all of these things make me wrong call me Captain Wrong I don't know call me something with the name wrong in it Mr. Wrong, you know, um, Mr. Left, because I ain't right, you know, I don't know, um, or my favorite, the black sheep, shit, if that's even the simplest of thing you can come up with, that's something that I've known about myself since I was a child, so, that's not nothing new. You're not insulting me, by the way, by calling me that. You're not even going to insult me by calling me Mr. Wrong or whatever other word because I'm not. And it's not like I'm abandoning these people I either. I want to show when I do these things, when I do this show, when I do whatever I do. Yeah, it's because I love doing them and because I actually want to make some living out doing them but I think the thing I want to inspire folks in is to show that they can go out and do whatever the fuck they want to do I want to be someone who can inspire people no matter what they want to do they don't have to follow the same thing that I do they don't have to do the same things I want to show people in general that whatever you want to do with your life, you can go out and get it as long as you bet on yourself. 
as long as you're not afraid to say no, as long as you're not afraid to say go, as long as you keep getting up after you get knocked down over and over and over again, as long as you keep going for yourself, you will be able to do the things that you want. I just want to show people that it's possible. Well, that's not what I just want to do, but I'm saying that's the inspiration that I want to give to people. The main inspiration I want to give to people. I don't care about your lifestyle, your background, your, your race, your sex. Your I want to because anybody. I want to, the biggest thing, takeaway as far as life in general that I want to show people is can actually do what you want in life. You have one life. You can either allow shit to bog you down and be stuck with this unhappy life and all this other stuff or you can actually work toward, work at and continue and, and enjoy and learn to, 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 to enjoy the process of actually doing the thing or things that you want to do in life. But you can't do that if you allow blood to continuously be be prioritized over your peace, your happiness, your whatever word you use to replace peace or happiness. That is pretty much on the same, you know, realm as those words, of course. And I know it's going to suck that if you have to cut off family, because this is something I still have to mentally prepare. I'm mentally preparing myself up for right now, that if I have to even cut some folks off because I am valuing my happiness before their selfish bullshit, it's going to be tough. But if that's if that is something that has to happen in order for you to make that step I'm not going to tell you what to do I'm going to tell you what I will do what I'm going to do I'm making that step because time and time again we've already seen in history especially if you watch the show Pose but time and time again we've seen in history You can make your own family elsewhere. That's number one. Um, And sadly, we as in people, we get this idea that family are, you know, the perfect people. They're not going to hurt us. They're not going to be detrimental in our growth mentally, spiritually when some of the first people that disappoint you in your life that sh- that cause a deterrence in your growth, your personal growth your some of your biggest haters are your blood are your family now, this is not an anti-family podcast, speech, whatever. You 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 going to get those people that's going to be like, everybody, 
fuck your family, and fuck everybody else. No, this is not that. Not at all. But I'm saying, realize that your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your niece, your nephew, hopefully they, you ain't got no hating ass nieces and nephews, though, but your grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever, right? Whoever haters you have in your life or just people who aren't necessarily happy with their place in life, so seeing you happy or trying to get to that happiness makes them feel uncomfortable. No matter their title, they're a human being. And unfortunately, human beings, no matter their title, will have a toxic trait such as being a fucking hater. Being someone who, no matter your relation to them, related or not, no matter how thick the blood is, will not want to see you grow, will not want to see you happy, will not want to see you do things for yourself that's going to better you. They want to see you do things that's going to better their situations. That's why when they tell you, oh, you should go to school for this, that, and the third, that's why they want you to stay in school so they can brag and live vicariously through you and you getting a degree in something you're not even passionate about, you're not happy about. That is why when, if you do get that degree in whatever the hell you got it in and you're working that job, they can get this money from you. They get all these things from you. Does that sound like love to you? Y'all might be thinking, wow, this guy really doesn't love his family. You don't know me and my family's dynamic. That's number one. Number two, you really don't know how much I love these people. I don't talk about them on the podcast because for those who do listen, my family, for the most part, y'all think I'm a private person. I mean, I get it from my family. So I respect their privacy. I respect them. And it is what it is. But this was one of those situations where it's like I'm talking. I'm talking to them. I'm mentioning things about them. Because it pertains to me per se. This ain't hate talk. This is coming from a place of love. For them and myself. This is also just me saying to anyone who is down to listen. This is how I feel. And as I stated moments, well, minutes ago, not moments, but minutes ago. If your initial thought while listening to this is, this does not make me feel good or I feel this way what? And you even, you're not listening to how I'm feeling. You're part of the problem. And shit will never change. You will never see things my way. If you're not taking my emotions into account. I know someone's going to try to reverse that and say take their emotions into account. From the people I've talked to. About you know my decision to leave. I'm not saying their emotions didn't matter. It does matter. But no one said anything that is 
worthy of me staying. It's literally just, I'm going to miss you or I'm going to miss something I get from you. Now tell me, why the hell is with those two reasons, although I'm not abandoning people, I'm still going to keep in contact with them. But why would those two reasons be reason enough for me to say, let me not go, you know, live on my own. Let me not go somewhere where I feel as though I can probably prosper more and better and all this other stuff. Let me not do this, that, and the third. How is these two reasons that I've gotten thus far good enough? And You ain't got to be blood to answer that question for me. You ain't gotta answer that for yourself, but do you would if if I if someone if your family were to say that to you, is that good enough for you to just stay? Maybe if you just wanted to test the grounds and see how much they loved you and shit and see and hear someone say, I'm gonna miss you. Sure, but though sure, you might stay because you wanted to test their love. I don't play stupid games like that though. So, there's that aspect. Plus, I know I'm loved. And I know I love them. Despite what anybody who was listening right now might say, I do love them. Simply, Simply because I'm making a decision that they don't understand, they don't get, because it's not a decision that they can understand, they, they can benefit from. It's Ernest making the decision for himself. When they make decisions for themselves every single day. And in fact, the decisions that they're not satisfied with were decisions they made for themselves. Not all of them, but I'm pretty sure if they really did the thinking, if we got to talking, and it really get, did the thinking. And I really got to asking them questions. It was a decision they made for themselves that they're not satisfied with. So they either stuck with it because they felt that they couldn't get out of it. Or they felt, well, I, since I made this decision, I must lay in it. Like, you know, some self-punishment type thing. You ain't got to do that. You ain't got to do that at all. But I say all this just to say... Blood blood is not thicker than happiness. Blood is not thicker than peace. This goes to the family members or the non-family members listening to this right now. If you want blood and happiness or blood and peace to coexist, you have to be, and I'm going to use happiness in this situation, but if if you're a family member and you want blood and happiness to coexist, you have to allow happiness to be a part of how you feel for others, not just for yourself. You need to learn 
to be happy for other people striving to be happy or doing or going for happiness. Because when I see that, I don't see somebody who is taking away something from me, right? I see someone who is doing something that I I aspire to do. And even if they're not at the nirvana level, right? Whatever it is, the highest level. They're still taking a step forward. And I'm over here just standing. So if they can take a step forward, I can take a step forward. I'm inspired to do that. But it really depends on mindset at the end of the day. Some people, they, they it's not that simple to them for some reason. And I'm not saying a step forward has to be as huge as moving to another state and, you know, pretty much starting over or, you know, starting your life in this other place, right? In a whole new different place you ain't never been before, right? It can be as simple as taking less hours at work or if you have multiple jobs, leaving one. It can be as simple as, I mean, if, and I say simple as because if you have enough money, um, already to pay for rent and pay for all these other things and you only been had working these multiple jobs because that's what you've already been doing for years anyways so it's literally just a creature of habit type thing there's really no purpose for you to have these other jobs again you can leave some of those jobs bro whoever like you can leave you don't have to your choices though But again, another step could be something as simple as, you know what? If I'm going to continue going to school, I'm going to school for what I want to go to school for, not for what somebody wants me to be. If you're not, if you don't want to be a doctor, lawyer, psychologist, whatever, stop going to school for that. Go to school for something else. And if that means you have to fund your own way because you got whoever is paying for your tuition or whatever, they're like, well, I'm not going to pay for this. You know, that financial uh, warfare they've committed on you. Find your own way. Be independent. Because they're not going to learn. Some parents, they still give in and they're like, fine, fuck it. I'll pay for it. But do you really want to go through that process of trying to convince them to do that? Or do you want to find your own way? And again, this is questions for anybody listening right now, blood or not. You know, do you really want to go through that conversation, that struggle? Or do you say, okay... Maybe I have to work this other job. Maybe I have to take more hours. Maybe I have to, I don't know, like sell a few things. Maybe I can start, you know, something of my own so I can help put myself through school because I do not want to continue going to school doing X, Y, and Z when I want to go to school and do this. And if you're someone who don't want to go to school, stop. 
Stop. It's not against the law. You're not hurting anybody for... You're hurting yourself by continuously living a life that you, you, you're you not happy with. And again, this is me talking to myself and me talking to everybody else. But all that shit, the buck star stops. We're not saying where the buck starts. The buck stops. When you, when you decide to stop it. All these other things in place, but my parents, but this, what will these people think? What will that people think? What would my spouse think? What would respectfully fuck their feelings? Respectfully. They're not caring about what you think. They're not caring about, wow, um, Sarah really doesn't, she's really unhappy going to school. Nope, they're thinking about you're going, I don't care if you're unhappy, we're paying for it, you're going to school for this. And technically, if you're taking their money, Sarah, or anybody else out there, you got to do what they say. Unless you find your own way. See, when you find your own way, no one can tell you what to do. No one can tell you to work that job if you find your own job or you do something else. If you're not taking somebody else's money, you're not responsible to listen to their demands. To do things to their expectations. Live by their expectations. I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy, but it's free. It's a lot more freer, and I don't mean free in cost, because it's not free in cost to be independent. It's really not. It's free in the sense that if you don't owe anybody a damn thing, or you're not beholden to somebody because they have some type of control over you, whether it be financial, whether it be because they provide the roof over your head because of whatever. If you're not beholden to anybody for whatever reason, you don't owe them. You. you there's nothing. There's nothing at all. But you owe it to yourself. So at the end of the day, it's really your choice. And years down the line, let's hope that parents and other family members, they understand and they get it. If they don't, I'm not telling you how to deal with it. But me, I'm the type that's like, I'm going to move on eventually. So there's that. And as I stated before, this is for me about me why I'm talking about it on the podcast because one it's therapeutic two as I mentioned before I want to show others well this is the segment where I inspire people but I want to show others in general fam or not that it is perfectly fine to take this step forward. It is perfectly fine to put yourself first and say, I want this for myself. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for 
myself. If people who actually loved you actually loved you, they would support that, whether they agree with it or not, because they would want to see you happy in the first place. If people who said they love you actually loved you, or at least if they were selfish individuals, smart selfish individuals, I would be smart enough to say, well, if this person wants to continue their music career and I like the money they get from them, even though they're working a job they hate, maybe they'll end up being a famous musician and I'll get more money. So even if you're a family member and you're thinking about it from that standpoint, at least you're not trying to hold them back. Still a piece of shit for thinking about it from the standpoint of selfishness of, hey, instead of getting this check from Walmart, I'll be getting lots more money from this music artist family member, you know, or this author family member or this whoever who is making the big bucks. Don't think about it from that angle, but at least when when people think about it from that angle, they're not holding the individual back. Now, to the individual, don't be an idiot. Know who your family members are. And um, if you have people like that, do not give them shit at all. You're rewarding bad behavior. You're rewarding uh, bad thinking. You're rewarding fake love so if these are things that you want to reward by all means do it but if you really want to be truly loved by them people in general stop rewarding stop giving them something that will um, excuse their behavior their bad behavior that simple but uh it's gone long gone on long enough and uh that's that. That's the end of this episode of the Earnest Thoughts Podcast. Hopefully you got something from this podcast, from this segment, from this podcast in general. I wanted to make it a, you know, somewhat of a long one, just in case those who, because one, I want to get shit off my chest and, you know, just in case those who might be missing me <laughs> when I go on my hiatus after next week's episode. Um, again, listen to that episode and I'll get on all of that. Um, although I already explained it before, um, but yeah, hopefully you got some from this pod, this episode here. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it. I enjoyed record, recording it regardless. The podcast ain't going to stop no matter how long the highest is, but it is what it is. Listen next week and I'll give you more details. Share this episode out. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Share yeah, I said share the episode. I'm going to say it again. Share the episode, though. Share this podcast. Um, rate the podcast, please. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please rate the podcast. If you can, give it a rating, preferably the highest of rating. But give it however you want to give the rating. That is greatly appreciated as well. If you want to help out financially, there's links in the description box below where you can support financially as well and you can hit any other links down there to help support financially spread the word of whatever else i have linked down there such as youtube channel such as my book as well and um 
keep it moving. Keep doing for you, because I'm going to keep doing for me. These ain't just talking points I say on this podcast. I'm living it. So there's that. Until next time, until next episode, stay black if you are black. Stay beautiful. Black Lives Matter. LGBTQIA Lives Matter. Trans Lives Matter. Black trans women matter. Black trans men matter. Black women matter. Black men matter. And you matter. And I'm out. Peace.